When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's time. It's time. Time to get in the zone. Time to get in the zone. With the 49ers web zone. This is the No Huddle Podcast with Al, Zane, and Brian. What is up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of 49ers Web Zone No Huddle Podcast on the Odyssey Network. I am Brian Rennick, and my uh, my co-hosts are not with me today. Uh, Al is is on assignment. He's on vacation, and uh, Zane is caught up at work. And so I am very excited to have of Niners Nation, Mister Jason Aponte, back on the show. Jason, how's it going, bud? Uh, thank you for having me, Brian. Never a dull moment, and I love that. That's the the title of this show. Never a dull moment in 49ers land or with the 49ers quarterbacks. And I'm sure we'll have plenty of things to speak about. For sure. I honestly, I'm like, how do other, how do other content creators of other teams like do it in the off season? Cause this, this 49ers gig is like, there's just always something just always. And it feels like it's been that way for a really long time now. Like we're talking prior to Shanahan you know, all the stuff with, with Chip Kelly, all the stuff with, with Harbaugh, like it's just, it's never a dull moment in 49 land and specifically never a dull moment with 49er QBs, which leads us into the big news currently in 49er land. It is uh Wednesday, February 22nd. Today was the day that Brock Purdy was supposed to have his surgery down in Texas to repair that UCL tear and his throwing elbow. And it came out yesterday that the surgeon suggested to Purdy and his team that they wait until early March because there's still a little bit too much inflammation in the elbow. And so now, who knows, right? Like, we have no idea. But I feel like, and 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 I'm interested to see what you think, this feels like a foregone conclusion now that Trey Lance will be QB1 through at least the first handful of games of the regular season, if not longer, depending on how he does. Do you do you agree with that? I do. And and what a situation for the 49ers to find themselves in. The guy that you invested a ton of draft capital in is the guy that you're forced to play now. Shocker. Un- un- unbelievable situation. Unbelievable. And it, it's just <laughs> it's just funny to me that a lot of people ran with this hyper optimistic timeline of we live in a perfect world. Everything's going to be fine. I would think that 49er fans would be a little bit more adjusted to the perfect world scenario to understand that at, it never is a perfect world at this point. So that that was always my thing is while we were talking, everyone said, okay, February 22nd is when he's going to get his, his surgery. Well, mm-hmm. that means August 22nd, which is putting him on track for the third preseason game which means he misses all of training camp that right. entire way um and then you would automatically hand this thing off to him barring those setbacks it just felt like an, a, a timeline that obviously wasn't going to be met at this point so you know when you think about the 49ers and their timelines that are given for injuries no matter the position it very rarely is best case scenario so you know this is a life mantra it should be the 49ers mantra hope for the best prepare for the worst. And I think the 49ers are going to have to do that now. Yeah. You know, it was always, you know, and I think people, you know, they hear six months, right. And they're like, so he's not even gonna be able to throw for six months. It's like, well, no, he can start throwing after three and then kind of ramp up from there. But, but even if, even if he starts throwing May 22nd, right. And you ramp up, you're still talking about missing OTAs and then more like more likely than not missing training camp or not participating fully in training camp. And so, you know, I, I, well, I would say Zane dubbed me the captain of the Brock Purdy hype train. Um, I was at, I was at that dolphins game uh, when Mm -hmm. Purdy came in and, and it was, it was incredible. Like just the, the atmosphere. um, And 
really looking at what Brock Purdy did once he once he was inserted into this offense. And you you can't deny what this offense looked like once Purdy went in. And so I think for I think for a lot of fans and and myself included, Al included, right? You know, we really we really focused on well, look at the amount of points that they're scoring with Brock Purdy versus even Jimmy Garoppolo prior to his injury, right? Garoppolo was still at the, at the helm of this offense that had Christian McCaffrey, that had Debo Samuel, that had George Kittle, right? And Brock Purdy comes in and outside of the Seattle game, which was a Thursday night, you know, with with the rib injury, and then outside of that that divisional round game with the Cowboys, they were scoring 30-plus points a game. And we haven't seen that in San Francisco in a long time. So it's like, well, yeah, obviously, like he has established himself. But I also think if you take a step back and you kind of look at his performances, you know, I know uh, Matt Mayoko had Greg Cassell on uh, 49ers talk. And one of the things that Cassell said was towards the end of the season, like he started leaving a lot of plays on the field. Um, There was a lot left on the bone, if you will, even though they were scoring at, at an impressive clip. And it almost felt like he started to regress a little bit as the season progressed, which to a certain extent makes sense. And so there's a part of me that, that really was questioning, like, is, is this the right move, right? Everybody had crowned him QB one. Everybody had crowned him, you know, that he had, he had taken over for Trey and and even teammates, right? Teammates speak glowingly of, of him, but, there's a part of me that feels like maybe this is best case scenario. Maybe that was an incredible story, right? And it was, but is Brock Purdy the guy that's going to get you over the hump and get that Super Bowl title that Jimmy Garoppolo couldn't, right? Because Brock Purdy is Jimmy Garoppolo with a little bit more athleticism and escapability and took care of the ball better. But outside of that, you know, physically speaking, you know, he's in, he's an average at best quarterback. How are you, how do you feel? Do you feel more encouraged thinking that Trey is going to get this opportunity or do you feel like it, maybe it is a little bit scary seeing how Brock really, really ran this offense? I do think that this is a best case scenario in terms of evaluating what you have at this point. And for people who have written off Trey Lance, for a certain amount of starts Unreal. to be able to crown somebody after a certain amount of starts feels hypocritical. And it, <laughs> at this yes. point right now, all we should be doing is gathering information, right? We do have a ton of information on Brock Purdy, which shows that he's operated this offense to a point that I don't think we've seen in a long time. I mean, I, I, when you, when you surround someone who has been as, sound with the ball and they're they're filled with playmakers at every single position right brock is obviously giving you more of an upside to jimmy garoppolo will because you know jimmy garoppolo wouldn't take the deep shots brock would whether the ball gets there on time it's fine brock's still looking for those and those turnover worthy plays they're not necessarily there because a dropped interception is an incompletion in anybody's book but when you look at what the 49ers should be doing Right now, you are trying to figure out what exactly you have in both of these guys. No matter what a guy does in camp or preseason, doesn't necessarily translate to the regular season. What a guy does in the regular season in eight games doesn't necessarily translate to a gold jacket. And 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 I think 49er fans, if anybody should know this better than anybody, it should be 49ers fans. Let's think about it. Jimmy Garoppolo, after five games, gets a bag and gets the highest contract the quarterback has ever gotten, right? Colin Kaepernick, for a while, looked like the guy. The 49ers fan base has been waiting for their guy since Steve Young. Yeah. This is all gathering information at this point. So now what you have is, in all likelihood, Trey Lance is going to be available for OTAs, mini camp, training camp, the entire preseason. He's going to get his chance again in the regular season. Best case scenario is Trey Lance makes the jump that you all want him to make and makes this decision to turn it right back over to Brock Purdy as hard as possible because of the jumps that you've seen. So, yes, 
it's doom and gloom because you are in another offseason in which you don't know who the guy is or what you're going to be doing with your quarterback position again. But the optimistic way to look at it is you are about to find out one way or another what you have in Trey Lance, who you have invested so much into. And push push has come to shove now at this point. Bring in a vet, let Trey Lance do his thing. I think this is best case scenario in terms of evaluating what you have. Yeah, you know, I was I've I've been thinking a lot about this because, like I said, I I was a Brock Purdy fan, still am. Like I love him as a kid. Um, you know, I think his his best assets are are between between the ears. That really is what I think has separated him from at least from Trey so far. Right? Is just the experience. Right? He he started four years in a Power Five conference, and Trey Lance started one season in a you know a an uh what FCS, FCS. school. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was, that was almost four years ago now. So, I mean, there is that, you know, there is that aspect to it, but you think about the, the progression that Kyle Shanahan has had when it comes to quarterbacks, right? He makes it to the Super Bowl after the 2019 season with Jimmy Garoppolo and they come up short. And a, a lot of why they came up short is Garoppolo's performance in the fourth quarter. Is it all Jimmy Garoppolo's fault? A hundred percent. No. And if anybody tries to hang it a hundred percent on him, then I, I, your opinion is not one that I, I think is, is valid. Yeah. Um, it does. Is he a factor? A hundred percent. Right. And so Shanahan goes, man, maybe he's not it. And and then he flirts with Tom Brady and then decides, nah, we're going to stick with, with, with Jimmy. And then 2020 happens. And for the second season out of three, Garoppolo is lost for the majority of the season. And Shanahan is livid, right? And he, at that point, thinks, what can we do to to fix this? And he wants Deshaun Watson. And then Deshaun Watson does what Deshaun Watson does. And then he wants Matthew Stafford, and Stafford ends up going to L.A. And then he says, all right, well, then we're going to go in the draft. And there is a player in that draft that very much was in the mold of a Brock Purdy, and that was Mac Jones. Uh-huh. And and Mac Jones was available. Mm-hmm. And Kyle Shanahan still went with Trey Lance. And I think Kyle Shanahan went with Trey Lance after getting his ass kicked by Patrick Mahomes in the Super Bowl and then getting his ass kicked by Josh Allen on national TV in 2020, in 2020 mm-hmm. and saying, I want one of those dudes. Like, I'm mm-hmm. tired of... I'm tired of 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 just being content with a system quarterback who can run my system, right? I want a guy, and Shanahan said this, I want a guy who can, if I if I call in the wrong play, I want a guy that can that can save me from that, right? Mm-hmm. And Brock has a little bit of that in his game. He's got some escapability, he's got some he second does. reaction plays, mm-hmm. but he doesn't have the same level of let of athleticism that Lance has at nor anywhere near the arm. Right. And so to me, I almost feel like this injury to Brock Purdy saves Kyle Shanahan from himself because I know that Kyle Shanahan was over the moon with Purdy's performance. And I honestly think if all things Considered, if Purdy doesn't get injured, I don't think it's a question in Shanahan's nope. mind who his QB1 is moving forward. 100%. Mm-hmm. But does that still keep him in the same exact place he was with Jimmy Garoppolo, mm-hmm. except now just a little like a step above, right? Like mm-hmm. you were here and now you're here. Whereas if you've developed Trey Lance, you're here and now you're here, right? You're with the guys. You're with the Patrick Mahomeses. You're with the Josh Allens. You're, you know, you're with the guys that, can can put the team on their back and and win you a, a game. I don't know that Brock Purdy can do that. And so th- th- that's the interesting thing to me is does this like I said does this save Kyle Shanahan from himself? Well, I do think that there is a discussion about floor and ceiling. And I do think that obviously Brock Purdy's floor is higher than Trey Lance's floor, but the significantly is yeah. much higher, right? Mm-hmm. So it depends on what you're really willing to look for. 
you know, at this point. I do 100% agree with your sentiment of Brock Purdy's performance, almost feeling like Kyle, Kyle got his Kirk Cousins to his Robert Griffin the sure. third, right? Like it almost, yeah. it almost feels like that. That's a and great, yeah, when, that's a great point. Great analogy. And when you look at your, and when you look at the performance and how many points, you know, we talked about it, who can argue that? But when you look at what we just watched in this Super Bowl, let's just take this Super Bowl, right? Mm-hmm. Jalen Hurts had two years in which people said, I don't know how you can stick with this kid. And the Eagles, while they had a so-called franchise quarterback within Carson Wentz, drafted Jalen Hurts, and they let it play out. Jalen Hurts has hurdled himself into, I don't know, heard hurdles? All right, yeah, hurdled himself into a conversation. Yeah, thrust himself into a conversation of being in the top five, right? And when you look at Patrick Mahomes, well, you know, he is what he is. But I do want to point to one particular play in the Super Bowl because you talked about I need a quarterback who can save me when things are wrong. Mm -hmm. So the second touchdown in which Sky Moore scored a touchdown, he, if you notice, he waves Kadarius Toney from the right side and Kadarius Toney tells him, no, I'm, I'm not in motion. And then he just turns the other way. And he calls Sky Moore, and guess what happens? Touchdown. So you do need a guy who can be, like, again, Kyle Shanahan spoke about, I want a guy with a mind like Breeze and who can run like Lamar Jackson. Well, when you find that guy who that is, <laughs> let me know so the 49ers can go out there and scout him. Yeah. But I do think that that is a sentiment towards the higher ceiling quarterback. But mm-hmm. you have to really mitigate your risk. When you come to how you build this roster, build this team that is built to win right now, in terms of how do you develop and win games. And I do think my biggest criticism of Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch and this organization, who have done an incredible job of building a top three roster in the NFL, did miss the mark in terms of how much Trey Lance needed in terms of development while trying to balance a win-now roster. And I don't like this situation for Trey. I think that they miscalculated what they could do. And it kind of, these last two years, played out the way that it did. You never, you're never excited about an injury. But if Trey Lance plays the entire year, you probably don't win as many games and don't make it as far as you do this past year. At the same time, I wish Trey Lance was afforded the time to develop and the time and the games to be able to get his feet under him to reach his ceiling because I don't think it's fair to put that on anybody. If we were going through the draft process and you went through the first year you would say Matt Jones clears everybody. Nobody else is worth anything, right? Trevor Lawrence looked bad. Justin Fields looked bad. Zach Wilson looked bad. Trey Lance didn't even play. But here we are after that year. Matt Jones is kind of settling into where he is. Trevor Lawrence looks like that guy because guess what? He That's got like good dude, coaching yeah. and he has a bunch of people. Um, Zach Wilson has completely become a person where nobody wants anything. And Justin Fields at least flashed some of that athletic ability that you've seen when you move the offense towards him. I just don't think Trey Lance has been afforded those same sort of chances that those guys have, and I feel bad for him. Good or bad, better or worse, don't know what he will be. Hope that he will be this. I just don't think he didn't get the chances that those guys got. That's my biggest issue with the way that the 49ers went about this. It it feels like they underestimated what it would take for him to develop. It's like they thought, hey, listen, the Patrick Mahomes plan, like – game time we'll do that right we'll sit him we'll sit him for a year behind you know a vet that that you know is 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 good and and can be great but is mainly good and and sometimes terrible right um right Patrick Mahomes sat behind Alex Smith who was just steady he was just a pro he was a pro's pro loved Alex Smith loved him to death Jimmy Garoppolo pro's pro you know good and and with Kyle Shanahan when he's healthy bordering on great but the health part was the biggest issue 
you're right. They they tried to they tried to develop a, a quarterback with a win now roster without thinking that what he needed to develop was reps, game reps specifically, not not scout team reps, not not training camp reps, but actual game reps. And so we're we're still there, right? We're going into year three. That's still what he needs because he didn't get it in year one or two. Now, granted, year two, that's an unfortunate circumstance. You can't forecast that, but it is what it is. And so you're right. It, that's the frustrating part. And and as a fan, I think for a lot of fans, it scares them to death because they don't know what they have in Trey Lance. But here's the one thing that I will say that that I'm like, and it kind of it, it kind of goes into another question I wanted to ask you. And it has to do with free agency. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Got your happy price, price line. You're going into this season really un, un, undecided at the quarterback position, or at the very least, un, uh, I, I, I can't think of the word I want to say, but you know, obviously quarterback is your biggest question mark anywhere on your, on your team. If, if you're Kyle Shanahan and you're John Lynch, but we say Kyle Shanahan, cause let's, Let's be honest. He's he's kind of the he's the trigger man, if you will. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. And you lost the Super Bowl in 2019. You lost the NFC Championship game in 2021, and you lost the NFC Championship game in 2022. Do you do you lean into your frustration and you go, listen? I don't know what I have in Trey. I don't know really what I have in Brock. I think I know, but I, I don't know. Cause he's coming off an injury and hell you could get in the first part of May, the first part of March. And, and he needs Tommy John at which point he's gone for the season. Anyway, do you just say, listen, I need to insulate this guy as much as possible. And I've done a pretty decent job of that right now. We've got Christian McCaffrey. We've got Debo Samuel. We've got Brandon. Ayuk, we've got, George Kittle, we've got Juwan Jennings, we've got Trent Williams, right? I'm not saying that you haven't. That offense is largely returning outside of center uh, and right tackle. Right tackle. Mm -hmm. But do you go, listen, I'm going all in, right? I think that if I can do X, Y, and Z, then it doesn't even really matter what Trey Lance does because we're going to be able to score enough with the skill position players that we have and, and the scheme that I have. Or do you, because in order to do that, right, in order to go all in and free agency, if you will, right, which is, you know, either re-sign McGlinchey or upgrade with Juwan Taylor, whether you think Taylor's an upgrade or not, he's an upgrade in pass protection. He's not an upgrade in, in, in run blocking, which is why Thank you for I, saying I, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Thank that. you for saying that, Brian. I'm yeah. tired of hearing that about Taylor. Thank you for saying that, please. Yeah, Thank he's, you so yeah he's nowhere near the run blocker that Mike McGlinchey is, mm-hmm. which is why I think, you know, if, if they go that route, I think they just bring McGlinchey back. Um, but it just, if you go all in like that, you're, you're restructuring Williams, you're restructuring Kittle, you're restructuring Armstead, you're restructuring Warner, you're restructuring CMC, which you're going to do anyway, because he has no guaranteed money left. You're kicking the can down the road, but you're, you're doing so saying I'm tired of losing in the NFC championship game. I'm tired of losing in the Super Bowl. Do you think that if they go all in in free agency, A, what are some moves that you think would be all in moves? And then B, do you think there are moves to be made that essentially make them the class of the NFC, regardless of what Trey does at the quarterback position and regardless of whether Brock Purdy, you know, recovers fully from this, this season or not? It's such an interesting conversation in terms of roster building. And the way that people want to, well, you lost the right tackle. Well, let's just sign a right tackle. I'm so glad you brought up Juwan Taylor because <laughs> I'm, I, it's just something that's been thrown out there because he's a bit younger. And clearly, a bit of an upgrade in pass protection 
a complete downgrade in what this team is going to have to do Mm -hmm. while they figure out the quarterback position, which is run the ball. Okay. I do think Mike McGlinchey walks. I do think Jimmy Ward walks. I do think that the best way for your team, and I know you don't want to hear this, 49ers fans, (laughs) you're fine on the offensive side of the ball. You're fine. Agreed. Nick Sakel is going to probably step in for center. Jake Brendel, thank you for your service. You did an amazing job. You're going to get a bag somewhere else. You know someone's going to pay you in a Shanahan offense for you to join? Cool. Colton McKivitz, while I'm not necessarily sure that's an upgrade over Mike McGlinchey, you still have your ace in the hole, which is I think is something that is imperative for the 49ers to do, which is bring back Daniel Brunskill. Because no matter what, if Daniel Brunskill is there, if Nick Sakel fails, if the right tackle, Colton McKivitz, fails, you have your utility Perfect. offensive lineman. Yeah, you have your – you like, how many teams have an offensive lineman that can play every single position at a moment's notice that is brought in and do it admirably for the price point? I don't think there's any other team that has that, and that's what Daniel Brunskill is. Okay. So Trey, Trey, Trey Lance, we'll see, right? But you have Christian McCaffrey. You'll have Elijah Mitchell for all intents and purposes. You'll have TDP. You'll be able to run the ball as much as you want. I don't care about the offense at this point. You know how you insulate Trey Lance and whoever it is? You make a splash on the defensive line. And I know you don't want to hear this, 49ers fans. It's either Deron Payne, who's probably going to be franchise tagged by Washington. You know, I'm not even really, like, looking for him. Javon Hargrave is who you need to get a defensive tackle and bring him in because if you notice down the stretch, if you notice at the end of of the divisional game and championship game, you're not getting anything aside from Eric Armstead from that position, right? And Nick Bosa gave everything that he could. The poor guy got cleated while he was sitting on the sideline and literally was trying to do the best he could. So you bring in Hargrave. You get someone who can bring some pressure up the middle that can alleviate some of that with Nick Bosa. You hope Drake Jackson can take that step. And if not, I love Zach Allen at defensive end. If you can find a way to bring in Emmanuel Mosley back for a year, prove it deal while he gets back from his from his ACL, great. Diamondola Lenore can kick inside. Who Diamondola Lenore, he made strides. Complete mm-hmm. strides in the playoffs. Yeah. Like he was, he was clamps. Like that, no one threw at him anything like that. You get to Sean Gibson back for a marginal raise, right? Like he made a million something dollars. He got you five interceptions in one year. Um, one more year, get it back. Steve Wilkes is the defensive back guy. You know how you insulate this team. There's nothing that you need to do on offense at this point. It's all within the trenches and fortifying this defense, which should be even better. I think, than it was last year, if you are willing to account for the possible step back in offense that you may take while you're trying to figure out this quarterback position and also sign Bobby Trees and let him be a, a good run blocker, by the way, since he just got uh, he just got, <laughs> he, he, he just got released. Also, I'm, I'm big on the Bobby Trees uh, wagon. Great run blocker, knows the system, worked well with McVay, is somebody who can definitely help um, I love Juwan Jennings. You know, he's a great he, blocker as well, too. Yeah. I say he's I, an upgrade I, I, at receiver yes. over yes. Juwan for sure. Yes. Right. Run blocking, probably the same. Bobby Trees, better route runner at this point. Yeah. But yeah, the offense doesn't necessarily need to be touched at this point. I think if you really want to insulate whatever quarterback is going to be here, also, you have to sign a vet. So Andy Dalton, Jacoby Brissett, Teddy Bridgewater, come on down. Like we're, you know, we're waiting for you to, to like, not only take the reps, but you got to. You've got to go back to defense and you've got to go back to the trenches. You also have to get like a defensive tackle who can be consistently tough. And unfortunately, just Javon Kinlaw has been too injured to show that. Yeah. And that's and that's the real I mean, you pay money in free agency when you make mistakes in the draft. Right. That that tends to be the the pattern. And that is that is what they're going to have to do here. They're going to have to spend on a D tackle because of the mistake they made in Kinlaw. And I'm not saying that, that the mistake was that they drafted him like as a person, that's not what I'm saying. But when you draft a, when you draft a defensive tackle that high, that already had uh, knee issues, like that seems to be a red flag to me. And so, yeah, it feels like it, it feels like you make that mistake. And so you, you pay for it in free agency. They need someone opposite 
uh, Nick Bosa. And, and like you said, you hope that's Drake Jackson, but there are, a, there are a handful of names out there that I think you could bring in. You said, Zach Allen, I really like Marcus Davenport. Um, mm-hmm. you know, he'll be more expensive than Allen, but man, uh, just I, what I imagine with Marcus Davenport is sliding inside on, uh, on passing obvious passing downs. And now you have the twin towers in Davenport and, and Armstead rushing from the middle to just collapse that pocket with arms up. Right. And, and then just funnel, you know, funnel the quarterback out. And then you've also got Kalia Davis, who is, uh, we don't really know what we have in him, but he's a DJ Jones clone in terms of his, uh, size and, and, and his game and his, yeah. Um, and, and yeah, but I, I agree with you. I think it's, it's trenches. And then the other, I, I still think, I still think I, Von Bell or Jesse Bates are going to be available. The, the Bengals aren't signing both of them and both of them are free agents. I think either one of them would be an upgrade and you're right. So Sean Gibson was incredible this year, but he's also 32 and he, he wasn't even talking like he knew if he was going to come back or not. So that that's a little scary to me. We don't have a free safety under contract, right? Uh, Ward is a free agent. Tarveris Moore is a free agent and Gibson is a free agent. You have Quantrez Knight, who I know that they're high on, but again, that's an unknown. But I agree with you. I think I think the way that you insulate yourself is by maintaining a kick-ass defense, right? So that if there are games where Trey and the offense struggles, which again, unless Trey is just, I don't know, just god awful, right? You're gonna be good. You're gonna score points. That the the talent on this offense is undeniable, right? There aren't very many offenses in the NFL more talented than the, than the 49ers as they are currently constituted. And so is there is there a move to be made to upgrade the offense? I like your idea of of Robert Woods is who Jason means by Bobby Trees. Yeah, uh, I was Robert hoping Woods. that people got the Bobby <laughs> Trees thing. I mean, former my, my co-host yeah. Andrew Pasquini didn't yes. understand who I was talking about, and I, I I have to say I'm just a bit disappointed in my guy, man. Just that uh, that is that's tough luck for <laughs> for for Andrew. Um, but but yeah, and so again, it's the trenches, right? You, you need someone opposite Bosa. You need someone inside next to Armstead. And then I, I, it's the back end, and and another another name that's out there, and and I don't know how much they would they would want to invest if they want to invest this kind of money for the two starting cornerbacks, but Jamel Dean uh, from Tampa Bay will oh yeah will be a free agent whether or not he gets franchised, I have no idea, and that's that's part of the the hard part of the conversation is franchise window is open now and it goes until right before uh, free agency, and so a lot of these a lot of these conversations. We can have them, but then all of a Our sudden, move. yeah. Then, then like you said, Deron Payne gets franchised, and you're like, "Well, damn it!" Like, damn it! Now that goes that that goes out the window. So it just it it feels like I don't want to underestimate Kyle Shanahan's frustration when it comes to how they approach free agency because I know that he's frustrated. I know that he's frustrated mm-hmm. that it's been, you know, Cinderella after Cinderella after Cinderella, and eventually he's going to be like, "Screw this!" Like, um. I'm not, you know, is there, is there a, is there a 94 off season, right? Like the off season the 49ers had prior to that 94 season where they brought in Deion Sanders, they created what amounts to a super team and then just absolutely steamrolled the yeah. the league and then steamrolled the chargers and, and brought number five home. Like, is there, is there an avenue for them to be able to do that? And I think that there is now, whether they will or not, that's the, that's the question I don't know the answer to, but that's where I'm like, Maybe his frustration is like, yeah, we're going to, we're going to do that. Right. Like we're going to have like, like you said, an even better defense. My worry is Steve Wilkes, right? He's only been a defensive play caller for two seasons total. Um, But as a leader of men, you know, unmatched. Right. And so my question is, is the 49ers defensive coordinators under Kyle Shanahan have all by all, all, both of them have been incredible mm-hmm. leaders of men, right? Robert Sala mm-hmm. is a leader of men. And Nico is a leader to, of men. To, to be fair, Brian, both of those guys became defensive play callers during that time with Shanahan. Sure. Well, yeah, they were first time play so, callers. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, I understand the I understand the hesitance with Wilkes, you know, but at the same time, Sala and Ryan's were both thrust into that and they were ready to go. So 
And and I'm hard pressed to think that a that a defense as talented as the 49ers, regardless of the play caller, you know, that's the thing is I, I defensive play callers are at uh, for the most part at the mercy of of their personnel, right? Mm-hmm. And so, you know, you look at Wilkes and and that defense that he had in Carolina the season before he became head coach of Arizona, a lot of talent on there. Right. And, and they were a good defense. And then his defense in Arizona, when he was head coach, not a lot of talent, not a great defense. And then in Cleveland, and that was Freddie Kitchen. That was the Freddie kitchens season. Right. And that was not a lot of talent. So it's hard, hard to know. Right. But I just, it, it feels like it, it feels like the, the quarterback question mark, is just such a, a a millstone around this franchise's neck, right? Like they cannot get out of their own way. And I don't know if they, if they, if that reason alone keeps them from being aggressive or if that is a reason that they are aggressive, right? Like, are we going to be aggressive because we're afraid that our quarterback isn't good enough or are we going to be aggressive and say, regardless of how our quarterback plays, we're going to be good because we run this scheme and we have this talent on defense. And I think that's really where they're at. And so I, I think there's a, more than likely there's like an in-between, right? Like, I don't know that they restructure Trent because he's already used the R word. Not that he brought it up, but people have, right? He's talked about right. retirement. And if you right. restructure him, you're just, you know, you're, you're, you're creating dead cap hits mm. down the road, right? Armstead, ah, I'm hard pressed to think they're going to spend that kind of money on Armstead this season. I think they will restructure him. Kittle, do you restructure Kittle knowing that, you know, he, I mean, he, he was, he only has two or three more seasons of right. playing that physical. Of, of, yeah, of productivity, right? And so are you going to, again, restructure him? I think you restructure Warner because I think that's a no-brainer. And then CMC, you get you get space with that as well. So I think there are levers to pull. I don't know that they'll pull all of them, but I think mm-hmm. they will pull some of them. And, and I think we'll be surprised at who they bring in. I think the trend thing is more than likely what's going to happen. I think when you look at the instant $16 million that you can save, and Trent's already vocalized the fact that he will be back for at least two more years. You have to also think if Trent gets his Super Bowl ring, he'll do the 49ers some favors when it comes down the line. Sure. Um, I do think that the other ones are a little bit tougher than that because guys have to look out for themselves, right? Like George Kittle has to, you know, as much as he loves his team, look out for yourself always. And sure. and every player sure. should, you know, at this point. Um, but I do think Trent is the most likely right off the bat, especially because when you think of the $16 million that, that opens up, now you're talking about like, Jesse Bates, whatever it is that you want, you know, in terms of those things. But I just think the 49ers have this like formula, right, of replacing players. I've got a guy who I can step in for you. And Lincoln Tomlinson was somebody who we all wanted back. Well, Aaron Banks is ready to step in. Cool. You know, and he was fine. And then Jake Brendel is the guy who steps in. He was fine. I mean, he had three career starts before he started 20 straight games for the 49ers and allowed one sack over 20 straight games. I think that was a calculated risk. Um, you look at right guard and, well, Spencer Burford's in there now at this point. And then I think the same kind of thing with Mike McGlinchey is, well, we'd like to have you back at a price point. But if not, we are prepared for Cole McKibbins. And then the same thing I think that they can kind of do is they were prepared for Jimmy Ward to walk. They used him in the way that they did. So now if you can coax Tashawn Gibson out of retiring, which, by the way, he's only one year older than Jimmy Ward, which I don't know why people make it right. seem like Tashawn Gibson is this, like, 38-year-old guy <laughs> right. who's, like, running it back, like, lethal weapon style. You bring him back, and then you can draft a guy that you can, mm-hmm. you know, get ready for his replacement. Hufunga is still 23. I mean, for God's sakes, uh, you know, Mooney signed, and then you've got Emmanuel Mosley. If you bring him back, he's still young. And if not, Diamandola Lenore is showing you that he can be adequate outside. I just think that there's and a Sammy lot of Womack ways. inside. Right. Exactly. So, you know, and, and Womack didn't necessarily lose the job because he was playing poorly. It's just because Lenore had exceeded what he was doing. And, and again, if you're showing it in practice, then go for it. And I don't think yeah. they made a wrong decision when it comes to all of those things. So um, I do think there is a bit of trust in the process when it mm-hmm. comes to how they're going to build this roster and understanding that, yeah, you know what? Regardless of the cap ramifications down the line, 
regardless of where you will be down the line, win a bowl, win one, win yeah. one, and then we'll figure it out after that. And we'll and and you got to figure it out after that. I mean, would you rather be the team that is in a good cap space later on down the line? But Trent Williams is retired. George Kittle isn't nearly as productive as he is. Uh, Fred Warner is on the like the, the downside of his career. And you didn't win anything, but you did everything the right way with the cap. Or do you go all in and you try to win one and then figure all that stuff out in the end? I'm in the latter, man. Just win For one sure. and we'll figure sure. all that stuff out. I hope that that's their mindset. And I would think that when you listen to Kyle Shanahan speak in the press conference after, um, after the season – He's not he's not happy and he shouldn't be happy. I mean again yeah. the 49ers are left with if this happens if this happens if this happens you know what take all that out try to figure out a way to get it done. This league is full of parity. What you should not rely on is the fact that you think you're going to wake up and be in the NFC Championship and the Super Bowl conversation every single year. Two reasons why you won't. One, a lot of luck, injury luck, all those things have to do with it as you saw in 2020. And two, the league catches up with you fast. Think about the teams that are going to make moves that haven't been in this in in this conversation all of a sudden, right? The Philadelphia Eagles made the playoffs the year before. They're in the Super Bowl. Um, yeah. You know, you have to think about there's teams that are always going to make moves. So the 49ers can't rest on their laurels knowing we have elite pieces here and there and there. You've got to go, go get it, go get it. And, yep. and when you do that, after that, we'll figure out the rest. So is that or so you're saying Aaron Rodgers is going to be in San Francisco? Look, if the, Green Bay Packers, <laughs> if the Green Bay Packers were silly enough to even float that idea, because if they send Aaron Rodgers, I know 49er fans don't want to hear this. And maybe this is going to catch me a lot of flack, but whatever. I catch a lot of flack for just waking up in the morning. <laughs> the idea that you don't want Aaron Rodgers to be your quarterback because he's somehow air quotes washed. It is ridiculous. Yeah. If Aaron Rodgers gets over here for one year, two years, what you saw down the stretch changes exponentially. Oh, and yeah. Matt, uh, Matt LaFleur, you're a great coach. You ain't Kyle. No. Matt LaFleur, and you've you constructed a great roster. It ain't CMC. It ain't Ayuk. It ain't Samuel. Exactly. It ain't Kittle. Exactly. Exactly. What are we talking about here? Look, yeah. guys, I know. I know. You take a lot of pride. And making fun of the way that you've eliminated Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers can't get it done, all that stuff. Just take those glasses off real quick and realize that if Aaron Rodgers is your starting quarterback this year, somehow, which I don't think, I think Green Bay would let him retire and make him like, you know, before they did something yeah. like that. Sure. But Aaron Rodgers being on this team is an instant Super Bowl contender, instant Super Bowl favorite. I think, look, yeah, put 100%. it like percent. The 49ers are the third highest team in terms of Super Bowl odds at plus 600. Without a quarterback. Without a quarterback. They have no idea who the quarterback The quarterback, for all we know right now, could be Josh Johnson, Brian. <laughs> could oh, be Josh Johnson God. at this point. Oh, God. The plus 600 with no quarterback. You mean to tell me that Aaron Rodgers joining this team doesn't make Vegas say they're the instant, the instant favorite, even with even, even over, the baby even over Patrick City. Mahomes. Yeah. Yeah, sure. even with the baby go Patrick Mahomes. Come on, man. Like, I just want 49er fans to do this. Let that hurt go. We didn't draft him. He don't he didn't like that we didn't draft him. Cool. But if he's here, you root for him and you make sure that Trent oh, Dilfer sure. and everybody allows him to wear that 12. That's right. Yeah. You gotta ask, yeah, exactly. Ask Trent Dilfer if he can have that 12 because uh they retired it, <laughs> retired it for Trent. <laughs> But I, I do want to get you out on this, uh, this Jay, and then and then we'll be out of here. <clears throat> the one thing that gives me hesitation about this situation between Brock and Trey is it really does feel like that locker room 100% bought in on Brock Purdy. And that yeah. doesn't mean that they don't like Trey or that they, you know, that, that they don't believe in him or whatever. Do you think that it's going to be difficult for him in OTAs, in training camp, in preseason to win over that locker room? Or do you think if he comes out and he plays well, that's all it takes? You know, um, Brian, this is the thing is, again, this goes back to my miscalculation, you know, theory with right. Kyle and John. You thought 
the locker room would be fine with bumps and bruises. But you look at Trent Williams, and he says he's got two years left for you, and he came here to compete for a championship. George Kittle knows that he can only play this game as physical as he can for how many years before things just naturally happen. Even Fred Warner, right? Like, he's just in a spot where he needs to win, right? I do think that there is a way for Trey to do this. But Trey has to blow them away. And what I mean is he needs to take that jump that we've all been looking for. Last year I was at training camp. It was inconsistent, for lack of a better word. It was inconsistent. There were times where you saw some things where you were like, man, oh, my God, there it is. And then there were times like, man, he needs some more work. If he can take some sort of Jalen Hurts jump, and I'm not talking about him jumping up into top five MVP, consideration, yeah. which I think, yeah, the, which I think Jalen Hurts has absolutely vaulted himself into, you know, this past year. But if he doesn't take necessary steps, and what I mean by that, Brian, is if Brock Purdy's ready to go, let's say week three, and everyone, pundits, media, locker room, is in agreement that you need to turn this right back over to Brock Purdy, then we need to start really thinking about this Trey Lance pick as is just a, a lost cause at this yeah. point. I mean, yeah. if he can't right now, after OTAs, mini camp, training camp, be that guy and move forward in that right direction. He needs to at least make this a discussion. He needs to at least have people saying, I don't know how you go back to Brock Purdy after Trey Lance. So there is a way for him to do it. I believe that he can do it. It's just, will he do it? And I think that's what we're all worried about at this point. So he's got everything in front yeah. of him. And, I, and he's going to get all the first team reps. He doesn't have to worry about anybody behind him, right? Like Jimmy Garoppolo came in later on in the process. Now, you know, it'll be Andy Dalton, Jacoby Brissett. It'll just be a guy who's just like, you know, if, God forbid, if we have to like, you know, put him in there. But Trey Lance has a chance to really, really, really turn into the guy that many 49er fans want him to be and what this organization thought he would be. So he does have a way to stamp this out. He has to at least make it a tough discussion to go back right. to Brock Purdy, at the very least, if he hasn't just immediately blown it away. But I'm of the mind he could complete 300 or 300 passes, run for 100 yards in the preseason, and that discussion's still not going to go away because you know why? We're 49ers fans, and why would it go away? And there's no way that you can just make a decision, right, and just go with it. But at this point, he needs to at least make it a discussion where we can at least say, I don't know how you go back to Brock Purdy after what you've seen from Trey Lance. And I, I think that discussion only happens in the regular season, and it only happens if he's put up dubs. And 100%. That's the, the, and that's the one worry I have. We know, historically, this offense starts slow, right? And, you know, mm-hmm. tons of people wanted to, you know, take whatever they could from that that Bears game in the monsoon. I'm not one of those people. But historically speaking, this offense starts slow. And so that's where it's like they can't start slow, not for Trey's sake specifically. They can't start slow. And if they do, I, I, I do think it ends up going back to Brock as long as, again, it's the brace procedure and not the Tommy John, right. which we won't and know. The other, the other thing, Brian, is. There's a world where Trey wins games and it's still a discussion. Sure. And there's a world where the 49ers lose games, but I think there's still a way for you to look at Trey Lance and say, well, he's not the problem. Right. right? The defense had an off game in this game or depending on the schedule, right? Like, or this and that happened. So I think largely what dictates what people want to see is wins and losses, which is clearly that. But there's context to. Why does a win? Why does a loss? Right. It doesn't necessarily have to do with the quarterback. It's going to be interesting to see how people dissect what it is that happens because if the 49ers come out the gate and they're 0-2 and Brock Purdy's ready to go, but Trey Lance is putting up 340 yards and running for 65 yards and having two and three touchdowns, well, why are we making a move if right. he's not the reason that this right. team is losing? So I do think that that is part of the larger discussion that needs to be had. Yeah. Uh, and context is always going to be key. 
Uh, it's just a matter of uh, how many 49er fans can actually embrace that and not, you know, hashtag narrative, right? Uh, they lost twice. You know, they started the season 0-2. Trey was the starter. You know, even though he looked, su- you know, like a superstar, we still lost. That's on him, right? That's the QB wins crowd. Right. Um, so, yeah, there's always going to be context. And, you know, I hope as uh, anybody listening to this, um, you know, just understand that, right? Like you got to take a step back and you got to, you just got to, you got to evaluate without red and gold colored glasses on, because there is a lot more to evaluation than just did we win or did we lose? And lots of people will argue, well, wins and losses are all that matters. But when you're talking about the context of a football team, which is the ultimate team sport, like, we got to, you know, you, you, there's some nuance there. And I know nuance yep. is not fun on social media, but that is the reality. Hey, Jason, tell everybody where they can find you, where they can read your stuff, where they can hear you, all that good stuff. Appreciate you, Brian, for having me on. Um, it's never a dull moment. I love the 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 name of this <laughs> because it's never a dull moment at all. And, 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 and I love what you brought about content creators. Like, think about if you're a Buffalo Bills content creator right now. Your quarterback you set. Yeah, your quarterback <laughs> set. You're like, you know, what are you arguing about right now? Should you sign yeah. Jordan Poyer back? Like, it's just, it's so boring. Like, you know, again, the 49ers uh, continue to be a content factory. But um, thank you for having me on. <laughs> appreciate man. you. Uh, uh, shout out to Al. Shout out to Zane. Um, shout out to uh, Brian. Uh, no, Brian. David. David. Wait, sorry. Yeah. David. God, yeah. David, don't kill me. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, um, you can follow me on Twitter at JasonApate2103. Um, Niners Nation is where you'll find uh, daily articles from me and um, Sprint Red Option Podcast with my guy, Andrew Pasquini, who just learned who Bobby Trees is today. Uh, appreciate you. And, uh, yeah, <laughs> thank you, Brian. Thank you for having me, man. Absolutely, man. Thank you, Jason. I appreciate your time. Uh, again, this is the 49ers Web Zone No Huddle Podcast on the Odyssey Network. Please subscribe. Please rate. Please review. Uh, I will be back with Zane. Uh, We will be recording tomorrow. This episode will be out on Thursday. Uh, My episode with Zane will be out on Friday. Uh, And we'll be here twice a week through the offseason because, as, as we said, as Jason said, it's never a dull moment in 49er land. Later. Twenty Four Hundred Sports is an Odyssey company.